I'm going to read from Matthew 12, 1 to 14. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? How he entered the house of God, and they ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple break the Sabbath, and yet are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus left that place and entered their synagogue. A man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse Jesus. He said to them, Suppose one of you has only one sheep, and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath. Will you not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a human being than a sheep? So it is lawful to good, do good on the Sabbath. Then Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and it was restored as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. This is a passage that I think is something that is uh, really important, and it's important for us to hear today. And I just want to say that, uh, you know, um, I'm going to be talking about some, some scripture here. I'm also going to be flavoring it with a little bit of my own opinions here, too. So uh, I just ask for your, your grace and understanding there, too. Um, the reason that I think that this is such an important... Well, first off, the, the, the Pharisees are trying to trip up Jesus because he's picking grain on a... Uh, he's basically making a sandwich on the Sabbath with he and his disciples. And they say, oh, you can't do that because that's against the law. You're not supposed to do that. That's something that we you know, hold very true and everything. They're trying to catch him up on that. And Jesus fights it by uh, telling them that, listen, you remember your hero, David. At the time, when, uh, what he's referring to there is David was being um, persecuted by the then king at the time. He had been anointed as king, but he hasn't been uh, basically, uh, he hasn't gotten the job yet. And the, the current king is trying to persecute and kill him. And he is hungry, and he walks into a church, and he takes the bread, and he eats it. And the, past, and the priest let him, because they believe that he's the anointed one. And, uh, but he, technically, he's not supposed to do that. Uh, and he's also talking about how when uh, people are, are healing on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to do any of that. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. That was the whole idea. You're not supposed to work. And even doing something like picking grain is considered work. And so the, uh, the Pharisees and the religious teachers, they think, gotcha, you are something there. And he not only puts it into their face by showing them that throughout history this is done, even during our current times by saying, you know, religious leaders, uh, you know, the, the people in the temple, the religious leaders in the temple, they work on the Sabbath, but yet we don't condemn them. Because, but technically, if you're just talking about technically, they're, they're breaking that law too. And then he does something that really, really throws it in their face and really upsets them. He says, I'm, I'm actually more important than even the temple. And that's where they just, 
get really shaken up by that. He's really throwing it in their face. He's trying to throw, they're trying to throw rules at them, and he is showing them the power of the Savior, of God, all of that stuff back at them. And he's saying something that is very important. It's, it's a, uh, something that I think that we need to recognize, um, especially during this, this time, this, this passage. The reason it's so important is because uh, we are facing division here uh, regarding laws and rules. Uh, our, our church is um, umbrellaed by the United Methodists. And you might have read in the papers or... Um, I, I don't think people read papers anymore, blogs or whatever, uh, some electric gizmo, but uh, there are people that are leaving the church, leaving the denomination right now, and there's even other denominations that are being started over um, ideological differences. That's the most political correct way that I can put it. The truth is, is we are not agreeing on LGBTQ uh, plus issues, and it's dividing. We are arguing over law, the rules. This is why I think that this is something that we need to be talking about today, this exact passage. We're going through the book of Matthew, and it just happens to be there, but I want to just stop here and take a breath here because I think this is one that is so important. And the most important line that I think that is in it, one that I think we should have on our bumper stickers, on our T-shirts, on refrigerator magnets, is this one right here. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. This is what Jesus' response to him is. He said, if you knew what this truly meant, if you knew what this truly meant, you would understand what this is all about. What he's talking about is that God desires not the rule following, he desires the bigger picture. And that bigger picture is mercy. It's love. That is the thing, the message that Jesus has been teaching from the time that he was first plotted on the earth to the time that we are today. He's putting the message in the bottle 2,000 years ago for us to listen to today. And that message is, it's not, you're going to read this book and it's going to be covered with all of these kind of rules and all this kind of stuff. Remember, the biggest thing to remember is mercy and sacrifice. What, what, what does mercy mean and what does sacrifice mean? I, I think basically, the, uh, in the layman's terms, the sacrifice is the following the rules and doing all this kind of stuff and just dotting those I's and doing all that stuff. The mercy is in the heart. It's when we actually look at our fellow human beings and we say, I care about you. You are important. You matter. That is the, the most important thing. And when we focus on that, we are making that connection with the message of Christ. Mercy not sacrifice. I wish, I wish I could say that this is the first time that the church has been divided over a set of rules that we have read in Scripture. Uh, unfortunately, our history uh, as a church, and I'm not just talking about the Methodist church, I'm talking about just the church in, in, in whole, our history has been filled with persecution, with degrading people, with hurting people, the church itself has a history of a lot of damage because we have held on to the sacrifice part and not the mercy part. We have held on to things that have uh, been mentioned in the Bible and we have taken those things and we have used them as weapons to put someone else down or to keep someone else out. And unfortunately, we have a history of that that has repeated itself time and time again. But just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that we are supposed to stay in the past with it. There are times as Christians, we are to take the message of Christ, the big message of mercy, and we are supposed to move forward. We are supposed to evolve in our faith. 
This is where I think faith and evolution, actually, they marry together very quite well. Because as our faith, we are continuing to grow because we have that message of Jesus Christ. And that message of Jesus Christ propels us forward to where we look at things and we say, that was then, but this is now. Here's an example. Don't wear clothes made of more than one fabric. Anyone got a cotton blend here? Anybody wearing anything that's got a... I'm sorry, you're going right to hell. That's just, I mean, that's just the way it is. This is the rule here. It, this is something that was written down at this time that... Imagine if we continued to follow this. Imagine if we were able to stand at that doorway and if you came in with a polyester blend, I could deny you entrance to the church or I could say that you were a sinner. It's in the Bible, right? It's there. It's written down. You're not supposed to do this. And yet, a lot of us, we are. That was then. This is now. We don't see this as a sin, right? We've evolved from this. We have taken this rule and we have walked beyond it and said, you know, the big picture is all about uh, love and kindness. It's about comfort. It's about things like that. It's about uh, things that are bigger than these little minor details. This was something that was specific of the time. It doesn't really play into to, uh, our focus right now. Men should not cover their heads in church, but women should. What is wrong with you women? Why are you, I mean, every one of you has a, just a head, you know, and speaking as a bald person, I, if we walk around inside or you see us at a restaurant with a hat on, shut up because it's cold. We like to wear our hats. But at the time, this was considered a big no-no. This is, this is a, from Paul. This is written to a church telling them that this is the way that you should do this. This is a church plant going on here, and he's telling them that one of the rules is you, you need to do this. Men, get those hats off. Women, cover your head. What's wrong with you? Does this seem weird? No one with a blemish or deformity can serve in a church. This means um, even somebody with a, a broken arm, broken leg. This even included dwarfism. It also included people that were uh, considered disabled. We all know Allison. She's a very uh, wonderful preacher. Uh, according to this rule, every time that she has stood up here, uh, she's, she's going against the rules. People could actually say back then, that, that's unlawful. Get her out of there. It's in the Bible. Why aren't we using it today? Did you break your thumb? Get off that. You can't. No way. You can't preach here. Loser. See, we like to use these things to make us feel a little bit above people. That's how we've weaponized some of these. If a woman gives birth to a son, she cannot come to church for 33 days. If she has a daughter, she cannot come to church for 66 days. What? is going on here. Obviously, the men just needed a break. <laughs> Silly. We, we giggle at this. Just by reading it, we giggle at this. Because it's, it's silly. But again, this is a rule back then. This is a law back then. This is something that people considered that was in the Bible. And why aren't we, why aren't we showing this 
Why out of all the things and all the rules in the Bible, why aren't we pointing at this scripture right here? It's in the Bible, just like all the other things that we say are in the Bible. This is in the Bible. Why aren't we saying, hey, did you just have a kid? What are you doing here? A girl? Oh, I'll see you next month. Because we've evolved from that. Mercy over sacrifice. We've taken the mercy part of Christ. We have evolved from that. And we've seen people and we understand the joy of, of people. We've welcomed that. Women are to learn in... Oh, I'm going to be in trouble here. Women are to learn in silence with full submission. They are not permitted to teach or to have authority over a man. She is to be kept silent. <laughs> I'm even afraid to read that. Could you imagine if I preached this? Forget the bald head, I would lose my head. We have some religious teachers right here that have, are visiting us today. Imagine if they went to a church, and I will bet, because my wife was a pastor, I will bet that there are people that have used similar uh, scripture to say that because you're a woman, you should not be leading in a church. Sadly, this is one that people still follow and still use as a weapon to keep people, gifted people, people called by God from preaching. Not here. Jamie, you've preached. Sorry for walking you into that sin. <laughs> we have evolved from that because mercy over sacrifice. We have looked at the bigger picture. The bigger picture of Jesus Christ means loving everybody, means listening to everybody. Christ broke not only boundaries of, of poor and also the, he opened doors for women all the time. He put them in, in higher status. The first person that ever heard of the risen Christ was a woman. And so by her going and teaching the other disciples of what happened, boom, Easter sin. It's nonsense, this. And we can see it as nonsense because we've evolved. This doesn't mean that we have lost our faith. This doesn't mean that we are saying that the Bible is full of uh, uh, lies. It means that this was something at that time. It's not something now. We have grown past it. You shall not have any tattoos. Anybody have a tattoo? You're a sinner. You are a sinner. Look at you. You're going straight to the basement unfinished. <laughs> How many people have tattoos? My mom has a tattoo. Imagine if we kept this one too. And every person that wanted to come through that door of this church, the first thing that we asked them, do you have a tattoo? And if you did, well, you know, we love you. Christ loves you, but you're going to have to get that removed because it's a sin. Sorry, kingdom of heaven, closed to you. We can look past that because we've evolved past that. We have seen what's more important in our world. We've seen the heart of people in our world. And this is not something that matters to us. We've evolved from it. Mercy over sacrifice. This was once a law and it was a rule. It isn't anymore. 
You may purchase male and female slaves from other nations. You know, the, the LGBTQ thing is not the first time that churches have been divided. It's not the first time people have left denominations. It's not the first time the denominations have split. They split over this. They split over slavery. Slavery, owning other people. There were people in history that said, I can keep a slave because it is biblical. It is in the Bible. I will stand my ground in history on this and this alone, and I will leave the church if you say that we should get rid of slaves. The other thing this does, you know, it mentions other nations. It means other races, other people different than you. How have we weaponized that? I am of this person, therefore I am better than that person. And I can own that person, and you can't argue about it because it's in the Bible. We fought for years, years over this, and we still continue to fight over this. There are people that still think that people from other races are less than or even of the devil because it's in the Bible. And we're still fighting over this. They use terms like this too. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and trembling in singleness of heart as you obey Christ. That means you are from a different nation. You are so much different than me. I can own you, and I can treat you so much where you tremble, and you should look at me as you do Jesus. It's in the Bible. Do we follow it? I'm glad you said no. Why don't we follow it? Even at the time that uh, a person, uh, you know, in, in uh, Wilbur, Wilbur, Wilberforce, I, I cannot say that name without stuttering, always sounds like you are when you say it, trying to free people, face this type of argument, and what they had to preach, what they had to teach, what they had to get our head around was mercy over sacrifice. These are folks. And according to the teachings of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the big picture of Jesus, we cannot treat another person like this. Even though it's in the Bible, we cannot do that. And so we evolved. We grew past it. Our faith took us further than what was written down. And we're able to look at that today and say the love of Jesus Christ has expanded us beyond rhetoric like this. What about this one? Male homosexuality is a sin. I say male because the Bible never really is clear about females because females were less than. Remember, they're not supposed to, you're supposed to just remain silent. As long as you're silent, you're good. And keep your head covered. What about this? This is where we're at today. This is our place in history today. We are splitting, we are dividing. We are at war with one another over this. Can we use the mercy over sacrifice? Can we evolve? Can we step beyond this? There are people in history that fought for slavery. There are people in history that fought for the the, the, the repression of women. There are people in history that have stood 
diligently on the wrong side because they thought that it was in Scripture. But Christ teaches us mercy over sacrifice. There are people in history that said making a sandwich on a Sunday was a sin. There are people that tried to chastise the Savior for picking a piece of grain on the Sabbath. And there are people in history that are telling others that who you love makes you less than and makes you not welcome in the kingdom of heaven. What side of history are we on today? Where do we stand today? It's my faith in Jesus Christ that tells me that tattoos aren't a sin. That, that wearing a polyester blend is, well, polyester maybe, but that mixed is not a sin. It's my faith in the love and understanding of Jesus Christ that tells me that women make phenomenal teachers. It's my faith in Jesus Christ that says, if you want to wear a hat, wear one. If you don't, don't. And it's my faith in Jesus Christ that tells me who you love is wonderful because it's love. That's the side of history I stand on today. That's the side of history I'll stand on tomorrow. May we all err on the side of love. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, there's a lot of things in our world that trip us up. Let's not let prejudiceness or hatred be one of them. Open our eyes to see the world the way that you see it. Help us to remember that they can tell that we are followers of you by how much we love one another. Help us to remember to love each other the way that you loved us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.